good morning. If you will, open your Bibles to uh, Philippians chapter 3. This morning we're going to be, uh, we'll be talking in Philippians chapter 3, but we're going to be talking about what it means for us to press forward in 2019. In 2019, the year is already upon us. How many of you have already messed up by writing 2018 on of your checks and your information? All right. Well, 2019 is already here, and we want to take, a t- take the time and see what it's going to take for us to make 2019 a better year than 2018. We want to try to make 2019 the very best year we've ever had. We want to strive for that. And during the first parts of the year, apparently it's become a custom for people to start setting goals. What they do is they take a look at their lives, they look at different areas in their lives, and they want to identify the weak points and then they've set goals and then they make plans in order to strengthen those weak points. I think it's very important for each and every one of us to set goals, take an honest look at ourselves, identify our weaknesses, then put goals in place and make a plan in order to achieve those goals for us to be the best person we possibly can. I believe we need to set goals that will be challenging to us physically, mentally, as well as spiritually. I believe that we should be setting goals in order to achieve the highest possible level that we possibly can. We want to achieve the best. We want to try to be the best. But I also want you to also understand that there can only be one best. So whatever you're trying to be the best in, whether it's at work or competition or a sport or an event, there can only be one best. That may not be you, but however, we are always to strive for that, put things in place in order to be that best. And as we as Christians, we want to strive to be like Jesus, right? That is the best example. We know we'll never achieve that level, but we still put goals in place and the plans in place and try to achieve and continually reach forward to that goal. So as we come into this time, whenever we're setting goals, I believe they need to be extremely challenging. I think they need to be realistic. They need to be achievable. You know, the top-level athletes and successful business people and achievers in all fields, they all set goals. They all have an idea, they, they have an understanding of where they want to go, and setting goals that gives us a long-term vision, it gives us short-term motivation, it focuses our acquisition of knowledge, it helps us to organize our time and our resources in order that we can be the best possible person we possibly can be, as well as we want to do that in order for us to be the best possible church we can possibly be. We need a direction, we need to know where we're going, we need to set goals, and we need to press forward to meet those goals and make those things happen. Now, Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter chapter 3. Now, we all are in a place where we need to better ourselves. I I don't think that any of us can look at our lives and say, look, I'm, I'm at the highest level in every area of my life, everything's good, I can't do any better. So if we're honest with ourselves, we need to take a look and see where those weaknesses are. But I want us to start in, in chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Our main, our main um, scripture will be 13 and 14. But in verse 12 it says this, It's not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. We need to have an understanding that even though we may not feel like, like we're at an achievable point or we may not have that or this is a, a goal that I don't think I can ever reach, We need to understand that we have an obligation as children of God. We've got to keep pressing on, keep moving forward, keep driving forward to do those things that are right in the sight of God. He says, not that I have attained or am already perfected, 
but I press on, that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. But before we can actually go and start setting goals and trying to achieve those things and trying to press forward, there is something that we really need to address first. Now what Paul says here in verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. If you are going to want to press forward as an individual, you're going to have to forget those things that are behind. If we're going to press forward as a church and impact our community, we must forget those things that are behind. Now, I don't believe that Paul is saying we forget everything. We don't want to forget how God is good to us and how gracious he is and the gifts that he has given us and how wonderful he has blessed us in the past. We should remember those things, but there are some things that we really need to let go of. There's some things that need to be left in the past. We need to forget those things in order for us to drive forward. Because we can't drive forward and reach for those things that are ahead if we're constantly looking back. As a matter of fact, if we're constantly looking back at the things that are behind us, you'll never see those things to reach forward that are in front of us. So we must forget some things. Now, what are those things? There's a few things I want us to talk about this morning. The first thing we need to forget is our failures. Has anybody ever been a victim to a failure before? Right. We've all failed from time to time. We fail often. Failure is just a part of growing. It's a part of, of, uh, of being successful. Very few successful people that I've ever heard of are lacking in failures. But however, what's made them successful is in their failures, they were able to keep moving forward because they forget about them. They learn from their failures. They learn where their mistakes are, and they push forward. As we as children of God, in in attempting to do the the Lord's work, and really attempting to do good things in the sight of God, really trying to, um, to please God with our lives, we often fail. But in those failures, whenever we get knocked down, whenever we um, are trying to do what God has called us to do, we find ourselves failing. Many times we come away from the situation with the attitude of, you know, what's the use in doing this? There's no sense in me continuing this because I have failed. And we allow it to stop us in our tracks because we allow the failure to cultivate a fear and we fail to continue to go forward and try again and again. If we're going to be successful as the children of God, if we're going to be successful as a church, and we're going to be able to press forward to those things which are ahead, we must be willing to forget those things that are in the past. And one of those things is failures. Identify what those things are and and do not allow those things to have control over you. Cultivate that fear that says, you can't do this because you have failed. Now, failure is just a part of learning. Right? We need to make sure that we have an understanding when it comes to pressing forward in 2019, the failures are just a part of life and we need to learn from them and forget them. We can't allow the fear of moving forward and the fear of failure to stop us in our tracks. Put the failures behind you and try again and again to accomplish those things which are good and right in the sight of God. So forget those failures, all right? Easy enough, right? Yeah, all right, failures are no good. Forget them, okay? Learn from them, move on. Secondly, if we as individuals in in a church are going to move forward and press forward, you need to forget your sins. Now, it's no 
It's no, it's no surprise to many of us or all of us that we often sin. We struggle with sin. We struggle with the desires of our heart that go against God and His Word. We transgress against the law of God. But we have to have an understanding that we do have to forget those sins. We must move on from them. We cannot allow them to weigh us down. It's very possible for God's best servants to fall prey to Satan's traps. It's very possible for the people who are closest to God to be tripped up and commit awful, horrendous sins. The Bible records many of those things. We have to understand that we do have an adversary, the devil. That's why we are called to be sober. We're called to be vigilant and to stand fast against him because he is like a roaring lion seeking to devour you. He is looking for your weakest point, your weakest possible uh, point where he can throw a temptation at you and get you tripped up. And sometimes he's successful. Successful more than he should be, but however, sometimes he gets us and he gets us good. And we must have an understanding that when it comes to sin in our lives, we need to come to a point where we can forget those and move on. Now, some, some people often struggle with some really difficult sins that are, are from their past. And they're haunted by it constantly by, by guilt and by shame. And maybe it's something that was done publicly or something that was done privately. But however, the guilt is just so heavy. And they carry that weight around with them so, uh, so often and, so, and, too many, and too often. Whether their sins are great or whether they're small, whether they're many or whether they're few, we must understand that if we're going to drive forward, we must be willing to forget those sins. But I'm going to tell you something here. This is the truth about those sins that we have in our past and those sins that hold us back and the ones that come back and haunt us, there's absolutely, you can, there's absolutely nothing that you can do to change the past. You can't change it. As much as we would like to be able to pull those words back in or, or, or go back in time and do something different, there's nothing that, you can, nothing that you can do to make that happen. You can't make it go away. The only thing that we can do when it comes to our sin is we must acknowledge, yes, that we truly have sinned against God. We must confess that sin, forsake it, repent of it, and forget it. Because those sins were nailed to the cross of Calvary. And when you confess those sins before God and seek forgiveness, they are washed away. We have a God who is faithful and just and will forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't allow Satan to keep reminding you over and over and over about the sins of your past. They are behind you and you've got to forget those things if you want to drive forward. They can be crippling. Listen to what, this, what uh, Proverbs chapter 28 says. In verse 13, it says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. If you're someone here who's struggling with sins of your past, mercy is being offered to those who are willing to confess those before an almighty God who loves you so much and wants you to not be crippled by that. But you, if we're going to move forward, we've got to come to a place in our um, in our understanding. We need to be able to forget our sins, understand our, our slate is completely clean when we confess those sins. Whenever we get knocked down by Jesus is there. When we confess our sins before him, he's going to pick us up, he's going to dust us off, he's going to clean us off, and he's going to push you forward. He wants you to continue in his work. He doesn't want sin to have its power over you. He has already conquered it. Go to the one who has the power to relieve you from that and trust in him and allow him to forgive you of your sin and don't carry it anymore. Nail it to the cross and 
forget it, move on. God wants to use you in great and mighty ways regardless of what your past is as long as we're willing to repent and turn to him and, and surrender our lives to his lordship. Thirdly, we've got to forget our hurts and our offenses. Oftentimes in churches, this is a really difficult thing because it, it happens too often. You know, we sometimes we say things that hurts the feelings of our friends and our families or our brothers and sisters in Christ. We, um, and whenever we do that and we realize that, we really should be quick to apologize and to make amends with the people that we have offended in, in one way or the other. You know, sometimes we personally get hurt. We're not the one who's doing the offending, but we're offended. But we also we got to make sure that we, um, that, we are, um, that we are wise in what we do. We don't, we don't go with the attitude um, of, you know, of holding a grudge or refusing to have that person um, be, to have anything to do with your life or, your, or you have the idea that that person is just dead to you or you want to try to get revenge. You know, with these hurts and offenses, we've got to make sure that we deal with them properly. We've got to be able to find a way to get those things behind us, and when they're behind us, we forget them and press forward. We must be willing to forgive and to forget, and we can forgive and forget with God's grace. But when it comes to these offenses, there's a couple different scenarios that can happen. One, you're the offender, and you've hurt someone else. One... So, or, or, that's one thing, or you are hurt by someone else. You're the one who has been offended. It's possible in either one of those scenarios, the person who's offended, or the person who has, who has offended the other may not even know that they've done it. That's quite possible. Somebody may be offended, you may be offended by what somebody else did, but they have no idea. But yet you hold a gr grudge against someone, and, um, and it causes you to stop moving forward because you're always continuing about that. Now, whenever it comes to um, hurts and offenses, when it comes to relationships, um, especially with people within the church, brothers and sisters in Christ, when there's, when there's issues there in between them, it's not, it's not just a matter of just putting it in the past and forgetting it and moving forward. You actually have to deal with this in order to put it in the past. The only way to do that is to actually deal with it. You can't let them ride out, but we've got to settle the issue. And if there is something like that, it's got to be taken care of quickly. And there's a big priority on it according to what the Word of God tells us. Listen to what Matthew chapter 5 and verse 23 says. It says, Therefore, if you bring a gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you. There's an offense here. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then offer your gift. If there's a possibility that maybe in this room there's somebody with whom you have issues with, you may have something against your brother or your brother has something against you, brothers or sisters, and there's some divisions that may possibly be there, what the, what the text is actually telling us, whenever you come to the altar and come to the church and, you, and the songs that you sing and the efforts that you give, when they're brought before the altar of God, God is saying, that is no good. I don't want that gift. First, I want you to go and be reconciled with your brother, and then you come and offer your gift. The priority of reconciliation is over our worship. Be right with God. God wants our, our, the body of Christ to be a unified body um, without the divisions within it. 
So if we're going to drive forward and we're going to push forward in 2019, we as individuals and we as in a, in a church, if there are those issues, we must be honest with them, acknowledge what they are, settle them, deal with them, reconcile with one another, and put them in the past and forget them. That may, that may mean that some of us may need to make some phone calls, set up a time for coffee, set up a time for lunch, but for whatever reason it is, we need to make sure that we deal with it, deal with it properly. Deal with it, deal with it with the, with the idea of reconciling and coming together on the foundation of who Jesus Christ is and the truth of his word so we can move forward. So we make sure that we do that and handle it properly. But in order for us to move forward, if there are issues, if we do have something against our brother, we must be willing to reconcile that first and then bring our offer, offering to God and then we can move forward. So we must forget those things. We must forget the failures. We must forget our sins, our hurts, and our, um, our offenses, and also disappointments. How many of y'all have, have ever been driving for a goal, and things have not gone your way, things that didn't go always the way that you expected, and you found yourself disappointed by the results? Yeah, I'm sure we've all been there. We've all dealt with those things. But I'm going to tell you, if you allow disappointments to keep you from pressing forward, if you allow them to drop you dead in your tracks, you will not meet, go forward. You will not meet that goal. You've got to find a way to put those disappointments behind you in order for you to reach forward for those things. And almost in any, in anything worth pursuing is going to be difficult. Almost anything worth having in the future and reaching forward, anything worth going forward is going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, it's going to cost you something. And oftentimes with these failures and sins and hurts and offenses, disappointment will settle in and it's going to hit you and it's going to hit you hard. But when it comes to pressing toward a mark and pressing towards the goal for the prize in order to be victorious in that, you're going to have to be willing and be able to write it off as a disappointment, a learning factor, put it behind you and move forward. You know, I have have dealt with many disappointing things um, in the past. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't told you know, very many people this story that's going to, that I'm going to share with you in, in brief. You know, whenever I resigned my church in South Louisiana 10 years ago, it took 10 years of me clawing my way back into full-time ministry. 10 years of trying. Okay, in a momentary lapse of good judgment, you decided to have me as your pastor. But, but, I mean, it was, it was 10 years. I was really, and now the Lord always gave me a place where I could serve. You know, I served as a Sunday school teacher for five years. But it wasn't, it didn't meet my expectations as far as what I wanted to personally do. The Sunday school class was extremely successful. The Lord really blessed in that. They start, we were able to start an evangelism outreach program that's still going on to this day. And throughout the entire process of it, I was able to graduate every person in my class to go teach another class. So it was a great success. But once I worked myself out of work there, and the Lord moved me to pastor another church, two and a half hours away from where I lived, part-time, wasn't full-time, wasn't what I wanted, what didn't meet my expectations. Thankful that God gave me a place to serve, yes. And and the fact of pastoring there wasn't full of disappointments, it was actually full of great blessings, but however, it wasn't what I had been praying for for years. So I served there for another three years, still praying that God would give me, you know, full-time ministry again. And so, I mean, this time as I start, you know, sending out some resumes here and there and here and there, you know, you know, I went to the church in, um, 
uh, in Omaha. It just happened to be closer. It was, it was still part-time, but it was just closer, so I was able to obligate more of my time to serve there, which is another blessing. God did some great things through there. Souls were saved, and, and I was able to build some really good relationships there. But however, still wasn't what I wanted, was it? So still on the thing, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of times, you know, I'm getting disappointed here. I'm almost getting frustrated. I'm like, God, look, I'm willing to put my career aside. I had a good job. I was making good money. I was like, God, I'm willing to do whatever I can do because I want to pastor one of your churches and I want you to find me a place to do it. And I was sending out resumes and I even had a, a friend of mine, I talked to him and said, what's going on here? Take a look at my resume. He goes, your resume looks pretty good. And I'll tell you what, I'll start sending them out for you. What was crazy? Now, I, what was crazy about it was, is that for the last two years, I was sending out you know bulks of resumes, probably twenty-five at a time. I wasn't getting responses. Well, I would get responses. It'd be either letters or emails that were, you know, the classic, you know, dear Pastor Billy, you know, we appreciate your prayerful consideration for pastoring our church. We do believe that you have many good qualities that the ministry could could benefit from. But however, after much prayer and consideration, we feel like the Lord is leading us in a different direction. Disappointing, very disappointing. But however, I kept praying. I kept telling God, "This is what I want you. To, this is what I would. This is the desire of my heart. God, give it to me or take it away. Give it to me or take it away." And it was full of disappointments. But thankfully, that the grace of God gave me the ability to take those disappointments and put them behind me, and to keep moving forward and pursuing what I knew that God had called me to, and had led me here to First Baptist Church of Melbourne. And I'm very thankful for it. I'm glad to be here. But however, if I would have allowed the disappointments to stop me, and I wasn't able to put them in my past, I wouldn't have moved forward and I wouldn't be here today. It would have been a long time ago because the disappointments happened a long time ago. It was tough. But however, God's grace is sufficient for all of us. So disappointments come, come and go. They come from those sources that we talked about earlier, the sins, the failures, the hurts and offenses, which causes disappointments, which causes us a lot of times just to kind of give up. But if we're going to press forward, as individuals, as a church, whatever is disappointing to us in the past has got to be put there, it's got to be forgot, and we have to reach forward. And lastly, you're going to kind of scratch your head on this one, but blessings. How many of you are scratching your head? Because yeah, you, you, I told you at the beginning, we need to really remember how God has been good to us, right? What I'm talking about here is we do need to forget those blessings that are behind us. What I'm talking about is blessings from God. They're always a wonderful time of a wonderful time to live in the blessings of God. It's exciting. It's a reward. We can see how God is truly blessing the efforts of His people, and to live in such a time as that is wonderful. It's great. And oftentimes we live through that time of God's blessing, but what happens is we tend to slack off and ride the wave. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you get to a certain point, you're like, yes, we're doing great, everything's good. We start to slack off, and then we start to ride that wave and coast. And we no longer are serving the way that we should. Things start to fall apart, and we, and we start to, I guess, the best, the only way they can say it is we get kind of lazy. So whenever I say we need to forget those blessings, we need to understand that those blessings that were given to us were for the time for which they were given. We no longer need to be looking back at the golden years of First Baptist Church or whatever it was and say, like, I remember when we had this many people coming to church and that many people going to come into church. We had this ministry happening and we had that ministry happening, but yet it's all in the past. Yes, God truly did bless. And I believe that God will continue to bless, but he's not going to bless any efforts that are already happened in the past. 
We are to reach forward to those blessings, reach forward to those things that God has put before us to drive towards that goal for that prize that is before us, not keep reliving what has happened in the past. We've got to move forward. You know, we'll ride, we'll ride, we, what happens a lot of times is we ride that wave. We think, oh, this is a great wave. We catch the wave. We ride it all the way in and to the point we're sitting on sand. And we, we're, we're, on the, uh, we're on the side of the beach, and as people are coming by, we're talking about the wave that we just caught. It was an amazing wave. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, let me tell you about this wave. Yes, it, it was probably better than anything that you're going to see out here, but it was really, really good. It was a wave. But in all reality... We need to get it back out there and catch another one. I'm all about, I'm all about riding a wave as long as it's, it's high and good, but once it breaks the shore, it's time to go catch another one. And we can't keep reliving what happened in the past. Those things in the past, that's where they are. We need to forget those things that are in the past, and we need to reach forward to those things that are before us. We don't need to look back. Yes, we can look back and we can praise God and rejoice for the blessings that he has had, but we've got to get off of the wave. We can be thankful. We can use those as, as examples of what God can do, but we can't live back where they had happened. Those blessings were reserved for that time back then, and we need to use those to propel us forward and to reach for more. We need to go get other waves. We should rejoice in those things. But not only do we need to, not only do we need to forget those things. As he says in verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So not only do we need to forget those things which are behind, but we must reach. We've got to reach forward. Not laterally, not behind, but we reach forward to those things which are ahead. Now, Paul, he, he writes this. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. I press toward that. Now, Paul uses the illustration of a, of a runner who's running a race. <clears throat> he's running a race, and you see him stretching forward and leaning forward and pressing toward that goal. He's got other competitors who are right next to him trying to get that very same line. But he's going to run as hard as he possibly can and drive towards that goal with every bit of effort that he has in order to cross that goal for the prize. This is something that he's, he's talking about that we need to reach for with great um, energy, great exertion, with all of our efforts in order to press forward. And forgetting those things which are behind, we, with all and everything that we have, we press forward and move forward. We must be willing to set those goals. We must be willing to put those plans in place. We must set those goals and press towards them. If we don't set them, if we don't have an idea of where we're going to go and what we're going to do, then we're failing before we even get started. Question for you individually, do you want to have a better year than last year? Individually. Individually, do you want to have the very best year this year than you have ever had? Absolutely. Okay, you as a church, let me ask you this. Do you want to have a better year than what we had last year? Yes. As a church, do you want to have the very best year that First Baptist has ever had? It's going to come from looking forward. It's going to come from pressing forward. 
It's going to come from putting all of these things behind us and pressing toward that mark, that high calling in Christ Jesus and pressing through with effort. I believe the goals that we should set as every Christian, I've got some just general things here. But I believe that these things that on an individual basis you will be affected, on a, on a, on a church-wide basis you will be affected. And as we, as, an, as, as, we get our, as we get our goals in order as individuals and they impact us as a church, they'll impact our community in a great way. And some very basic things is, is we as individuals need to make sure that we have a daily devotion to God. We need to do that. If you don't have that, put write that down. Make that something that you're going to do. At least commit something to the Lord every single day and allow him to shape and to mold you into his likeness so you can be the, better, the best possible Christian that you can possibly be. This will involve prayer, Bible reading, study, and meditation, and also application to the truth of the Word of God on your life and in every area of your life. We need a daily devotion to God. Something that we also need to be devoted to is the church to which you attend. Church attendance is very, very important. You know, we're, we are, we're called to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, I'm not, I'm not a legalistic in the fact that, you know, you can't be off out of church because of work requires you to. I believe that you've got to take care of the family that God has given you. And sometimes that requires that we have to miss. And I believe that there are, also, there are often times that those things are understandable and they're excusable. There's no question about it. I also find it sad because there seems to be a mentality that if somebody's missing church, then it's a complete and horrible sin. And I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate this for you. Now, understand, church attendance is important. I'm not trying to give you a way out. Don't misunderstand me. But I've been visiting, I've been, and visiting people in, in hospitals, and they're sick, and they're really beat down. And one of the things that seems to always comes up, Brother, Brother Billy, I'm sorry I'm not being at church, but as soon as this happens, I'll be back. It's almost like they're guilty because they're not being there. No, take care. I, I want to reassure them, look, you need to heal. Heal, take care of yourself, get well. You know, we're praying for you. I'm just here to let you know we love you and we're praying for you. But church attendance is really important, especially to the one with whom you're associated. We need to make sure that we're here for support for each other. We're here because we are training one another. We're training, we're, we come together as a training ground for us to learn how to be better Christians in the world around us. We need the accountability to one another. I don't know about you guys, but I need some accountability. If I wasn't pastoring this church, some, there might be some Sunday mornings I might show up. However, this is my accountability, right? So we need accountability from one another. We need encouragement because this world is tough. Living a life following Jesus Christ, it's hard to do out there, and we need to be able to encourage one another to keep moving forward because we can be hit with all of these different things that we should be leaving in the past, and a lot of us are struggling with those things. We need to be able to encourage one another and build them up for the, for the, uh, for the work of the ministry so they can move forward and get around those things another goal not only is it a devo daily devotion to God not only is it church attendance but we also need to set a goal in ministry this involves this this involves us getting out and preaching the gospel this involves us getting involved with the things that the church is doing lending a helping hand when needed making a call of encouragement making visits to people in order to witness to them or simply just enlisting into the service of God but however, we need to make sure that we're going to get involved in the ministry. You know, church attendance is good, but if that's all it leads to, it could be better, right? We want to strive for the best. If you're here, it's great. I'm glad that everyone's here. But if we don't have a goal in mind or, or, a, um, or, a, uh, or a drive to get involved with what the Lord is doing, then we need to make sure that we add that to our goal list. We push toward that goal to be involved in the ministry. And every ministry 
also needs support. Now, this is very important. This involves giving of our tithes, our resources, our offerings in order for this ministry to be supported. It's very, very important. These things are just some basic goals of daily devotion of church attendance, ministry, and also support of the ministry. I believe if we would all set these goals individually, it will impact and transform First Baptist Church and in turn will impact our community in a great way just as a byproduct. If we're, if we're living out our lives in obedience to what God teaches us in our daily devotions, then we will impact the people that are around us. This is something that we have to do. And as, 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 and as the church as a whole, to be impacted, we must make this personal. Look what Paul said here in verse 14. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now he's writing to the church of Philippi here, but he's making it personal. He says, I am going to press toward the goal. This is what I do. He says, look, and also look at how many times he says, look, this is what I do. This is my personal effort. I press on. I, I do not count to have apprehended, but one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is, a, this is going to take effort from us. We have to understand what he's talking about here. This is a pressing effort and one that requires energy and full exertion. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this is what he wrote about this race. He says, do not, it says, do not, it says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run the race as if you are wanting first place. In everything and anything that you do that's worth doing, you want to run hard as you possibly can so you can be first place. You may not get first place. You may not be the best, but you're going to run as if you can get it. Run as if you were the one who is to obtain it. It says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. It says, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but for we an imperishable crown. So what we have an understanding here is that the, 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 the races that were run back in that day, that the, the prize would be, a, be branches of, of olive or apple or pine, and they would wrap them in a crown, they would set them on their head, and that would be the prize of the race. And it, was, it was a great recognition to be able to be the fastest runner and to get that prize, that first place trophy set on their head. But he says that's a perishable crown. But we as the children of God, what we are pressing toward, the prize is not found in, in earthly things. The prize is not found in anything that this world has to offer. Anything and everything that this world has to offer is a perishable item. And we are actually going for a prize here, he says, for an imperishable crown. An imperishable crown. It says that prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus is that unperishable prize. And he says, because that he goes for this imperishable crown, in verse 26, um, 1 Corinthians 9, 26, it says, Therefore I run, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats against the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. He's pressing Toward a goal, making, making, a, making um, an active um, commitment to press forward and to continue to press forward, forgetting those things which are behind in order for him to meet the goal, to reach the goal, to gain that prize, which is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is like, I am running. I am pressing forward. I am pressing towards this. He's saying that I'm putting forth the effort. 
I am pursuing, I am putting my heart into it, I am serious about that challenge that is laid before me. I am running this race to win it. And he says there's a prize to be had and it's worth every effort. It's that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now for us, those of us who are children of God, now pressing forward in 2019, I don't think there's any, anything greater than what we could probably expound on today as far as what we're, the verses in which we're, we, uh, we've, we have read. As we, can, as we stand and we conclude this morning, as we have a time of invitation, I want us to really take a good look at ourselves, a good look at our church, look at the situations in which we are. Be honest with who you are and what you need to do. And stand before God and make a commitment and put those things behind us and pray that God will give us that direction. Show those things and put those things before us that we can reach out and really go for it. Put that goal before us so we can go and drive for it. As we move into 2019, we must forget those things which are behind. We must reach forward to the things which are ahead. I want you to understand, I believe that God's got great things in store for those who choose to put those things behind them and reach forward. If we at FBC, FBC, First Baptist Church of Malvin, can forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead and press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, I believe that God's blessings will fall upon us. I believe that we, can, that we can bask in the blessings of God and how he, and how he would work through the, through the hands of his people if we are willing to press forward. But in order to press forward, we've got to forget those things. As we stand for our invitation this morning, as we sing, sing a song, I pray that that's what you will do. I pray that God will identify those things that you need to put behind you and forget them so you can press forward. Father, we just want to thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings of life, God. We thank you for your word. Father, may we do, may we, may we look at the world with the eyes that you would have us to see. Father, help us to keep our eyes forward, truly straightforward, focused on you, focused on where you're leading, and let us follow. Father, I pray if there's someone here who has failures in the past, where they have sins, whether they have disappointments, where they have hurts or offenses, Father, I pray that they would just come and lay them on the altar before you. Seek forgiveness and renew it and refreshing. Father, and they give them the ability to press forward and to be the better and the best possible Christian they can be for you. Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.